Welcome back to another Saturday night episode of the Dial It Up podcast. Um, wow, that's really all I can say. There were a couple of good games this weekend, but none that really kind of caught our attention. There was a lot of bad defense and uh, honestly quite a few boring games, even though some of them were high scoring. Um, especially, you know, when we, we think about it, like the Texas OU game, we kind of knew that was going to be a shit show. And it really was. I mean, I was not impressed with either team. It seemed like both teams were really trying to give the game away. Yeah. And that was probably the ugliest four-overtime game I've ever seen in my life. Well, and on top of that, like, with how shitty all of the defense was that we saw, not only in that game, but in a lot of other games, getting detailed on the Red River rivalry... Like, the fact that these people think that they're, like, fucking glorified fucking players because they're winning in this game or they're fucking doing okay in this game, it's dog shit defense, and nobody can seem to fucking fathom that at the moment, which to me is insane. However, whatever, exciting game, went back and forth. Was it double overtime? It was quad. It was quad. Quadruple overtime, so gives you an idea of how shitty this entire game was, but that's opinion, just like buttholes, everyone's got one. Anyways, what do you guys say, Darby? Uh, I just I thought it was an ugly performance for both teams. I mean, mm-hmm. flat out, um, it, which is exactly what we said it was going to be coming into it. We we said, but we all said that it was going to just be yeah. this ugly game. Yeah. Um, right. I think both teams are pretty mediocre in my opinion. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think you're. Gonna, you might see one of these teams in the Big Twelve Championship, but honestly, it was just by even this performance, I just, I'm just I'm really disappointed in the Big Twelve. I really didn't expect it to be this bad. I mean, we all kind of expect the Big Twelve to be this no defense league, but. For it to be this bad, where your two premier pro, uh, programs coming into the year looking this terrible, yeah, um, I just, I don't know. I don't understand how anybody can enjoy this this type of play. I mean, it was it was really really bad, and the thing that surprises me is even with how bad the defense was, Sam Ellinger was still thirty for fifty three, two picks, two touchdowns. And which and he had a bunch, he had four rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I but, mean, that's still like he to me. That's just a running back that's trying to throw. He he's not been impressive as a quarterback at all. His decision making has been questionable. His accuracy has been questionable. I am not impressed with him at all. I was not impressed with Rattler. It's coming out of the gate, but after he got benched. And then came back in the second half. He kind of turned his focus on a little bit and really improved his yeah. uh, production from that point on. Yeah, I uh, I just watching that game and kind of seeing you know what, what was interesting. I think to see about that game is to see how much just a little bit of pressure on these quarterbacks in this game. Made them do some stupid ass shit, like just terrible decisions throwing the football, or just hand how you handle the football in those kind of situations. You would think that oh, like you're getting fucking pressured and you're outside the box, fucking throw it to the sidelines. Like come on, that's basic principles that you should know as a fucking quarterback for Texas or Oklahoma that is being preached as a big time program. Like you should at least know that. I'm sure the quarterback coaches told you how to do that. However, they don't fucking practice it because they don't give a fuck because they're Big Twelve and they just undermine that. Like, those small details. So I'm looking at this as, like, not only just poor from 
Like to me, I think there's plenty of athleticism. All this, all this type of football play and what we're seeing in this shitty defense and these stupid fucking turnovers and decisions is not only leading to an over incredibly exciting game because everyone's just not everyone's not sitting there waiting for someone to make a play. Everyone's sitting there waiting for somebody to fuck up. Like, and that's what that's the exciting part about watching Big Twelve football, and that's fucking annoying. So I'm sitting there looking at this as like, to me, that's just a lot of shitty coaching. Because there's plenty of talent, as we've yeah. seen. Plenty of talent. But these guys don't know what the fuck to do when something happens or how to handle a football when something happens to them. <laughs> and it's like, that's basic principle. Like, that's that's step one. Like, that's shit you learn in fucking high school, man. And they were it's been undermined in their program. And that's usually, like, the first base of teaching. So they're just skipping that because they think they're so good because they're Big 12. That's my opinion. That's my perspective. That's what I see. I'm going to chill the fuck out because well, I just had to go off on a rant. I'm <laughs> off the soapbox. I'm going to chill out. Well, so it's before we annoying. get into the next game that we're going to talk about, and really the main game we're going to talk about, I just wanted to run through some scores, um, some notable scores. Alabama ended up pulling away from Ole Miss, who hung in for the majority of the game. Yeah, that, that, the score is way not indicative of what the game actually yes. was. Uh, so the final score ends up being 63-48. Um, uh, just a keynote off that. Najee Harris broke Alabama's rushing record. He ran for five touchdowns. Oh, damn. Um, that's a new Alabama record. You can keep going. Yeah. So, Tennessee, Georgia. Georgia ended up pulling away in the second half, holding Tennessee scoreless in the second half. Didn't look good first um, half. It did not look good first half, but that's kind of been indicative of what Georgia has uh, – how Georgia has looked thus far this uh, yeah. this year. I mean, you look back at the A&M game, and it was the same thing. A&M was lead, leading Georgia at the half, and then Georgia pulls away in the second. So that's kind of a good thing to see. You like to see uh, those second-half teams, uh, those coaching staffs make adjustments at halftime. Then, speaking of A&M, pulling off the upset against number four, Florida. Uh, Florida, who a lot of people were kind of expecting to take the next step forward and really contend for an SEC title this year. Um, yep. Big time kind of surprise there. Yeah, yeah. I I just don't I don't know what to make of freaking Jimbo Fisher anymore, dude. You know, I that 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 A and M team that showed up this week was a, was the team I thought was going to show up last week and pull off the upset against Alabama, and said they'd do it against the team I picked to win the SEC this year. Yep. So I don't fucking know anymore. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Then, I just, yeah. I mean, then you got uh, the the Tech North Carolina game, which. Honestly, for me, that was probably one of the more entertaining games that we watched uh, today. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, North Carolina's running back duo is the best duo in uh, the country. Both of those running backs run hard. They have great vision. Their legs don't stop moving on contact. I mean, they are phenomenal and just really fun to watch. I love watching both of those guys play. You guys have any thoughts on that game, Sam Howe? Or um, fuck Virginia Tech. I dude. mean, I'll just give a. Sh- uh, I want to. I want. Go ahead, say it. Offensive linemen don't wear backplates. <laughs> Yo, what? These guys are getting in the fucking defensive linemen of North Carolina. First of all, North Carolina is actually pretty fucking humble for the way they play football. They don't. They're not like all up in your grill, like mad shit talking. Like they're just kind of like, yeah, I, I think I'm better than you, so I'm gonna play like that. And I don't really give a fuck about you. That's kind of their body language throughout the entire game. While Virginia Tech's offensive linemen is like getting up in their grill and like talking shit and like. They're all wearing, like, three of them are wearing fucking back plates. I'm like, yo, like, I don't care. Like, you got the gut out? Like, that's swag. Like, whatever. Like, that's big man swag. But you got a back plate on? Get the fuck out of here, dude. You're not going to win a fucking football game with a back plate on if you're the fucking starting center for Virginia Tech. Like, eat shit. You're trash. Fuck you, dude. 
And it was him in the left tackle. I thought they were. I think they thought they were cute. Seventy six and seventy seven. Yeah, dude, trash. Like, anyways, that's my. I'm off. See ya. Um, I guess for me, um, even though I guess I'm not that big on. I've, I mean, I've been saying it week after week. I'm not that big on Virginia Tech at all. Yeah. Um, and for them to hang forty five on North Carolina is concerning. Uh, if well, you're a North Carolina fan, that in my was opinion. all in the second and the third quarters um, too. Well, I get that, but still yeah. forty five points. Forty five points. Yeah. Um. But, you know, North Carolina's maybe eat my words. Uh, I, I did pick them to win this week, but, uh, you know, they're still, they put up 56 points. Um, I wasn't crazy impressed with Sam Howell. I was more impressed by their running back duo, like Zane said. Um, I actually would agree that that's probably the best running back duo in the country. Yeah. I can't think of another one. Um, but, you know, congrats to North Carolina. Make me eat my words. You guys look like uh, you're going to compete for that second spot with Notre Dame. Yeah. Then you got Auburn and Arkansas. Arkansas has actually kind of impressed me this year with Felipe Franks at the quarterback spot. Yo, new coach coming in. They've hung around in some games that you would really expect them to get blown. They, they made out us of. wonder, man, because I know you. Because I was, we were both really thinking about that picking yeah. Arkansas this week, and um, they made it close. Two point game for a little while there. I'm not gonna lie. I'm sort of going. I picked the wrong fucking team. Dude. I should have just done it. I should have just done it. But here I am picking the wrong upsets, and yeah. we live and we die. But I, you know, at least we got the pick right. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say this. And now, what did what did I say about George's win over? How's how did Georgia do today? Oh, they ended up pulling away in the second half against Tennessee. 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 Now. I'm not saying Tennessee. Like, that was a solid SEC football matchup, right? Oh, God, what's coming? The same thing I said about Georgia beating Auburn. And now, like, we're sitting here. Now, I'm not undermining what was done today by any means. But, like, when I'm when I'm looking at this, I said the same thing about when Georgia beat Auburn last week. And I was like, oh, Georgia's pretty fucking good. Yeah. It's fucking Auburn, man. Like, they should play like that against Auburn. I don't know why Auburn thinks they're... We're, like... What did they do? What did they do last year to make you think, like, what to make AP think that they were as good as they fucking thought they were? How, how the fuck did that happen? Who's, uh, who's they, handing who money? They, they, see the, they see the three words in their uh, conference. No, someone's, SEC, someone's and, like, hey, fucking, yeah. here's a fucking timeshare down in Florida. Like, what? I don't know. I, I just... The, so... Then you... The, let's cover the, the, just the last one that was a, the surprise. That's why I'm saying game. Arkansas went over Auburn today. Yeah. Obviously good. I'm happy for Arkansas. Good no. win. Thank no, you. Auburn, Auburn beat Arkansas. Won. Auburn, it was Auburn a close. Was it really? Yeah. It was, actually, uh, Arkansas there was actually a controversial Okay, so what was the final score? The fumble. It was 28-30 Auburn. Okay, so two points difference. I thought yeah. Arkansas yeah. fucking won that. No, Anywho, whatever. Arkansas, I wish you guys had won that. I just don't like Auburn. <laughs> All right, well, let's get on to Fuck. the other SEC Jesus. matchup that was surprising. Yeah. Uh, Missouri knocking off LSU. Um, oh, how the mighty have fallen. And without all that stud NFL talent, yep. we're really trying well, to. What did What did I say coming? You know, yeah. Before we started the season, I really felt like LSU was going to fall back into that middling of yeah. the SEC. So right. Role. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it's looking. I mean, if you're losing to Missouri, yeah, uh, it's a lot worse than even I thought. Yeah. And uh, Ed Orgeron, dude. And we're also my guy. Is Is he on the hot seat now? I mean, because that's some. Those uh, are two uh, bad uh, losses. Go uh, this is getting hot pretty. Uh, go Tigers. <laughs> I mean, that's, that was really ugly, and they had a chance to win it at the end. And, I mean, throwing, going, trying to throw the ball from the one. I mean, you fell for one of the classic blunders. <laughs> you fell for one of the classic blunders. 
Fuck I don't it. know. It's just pathetic. There's not yeah. much to talk about on yeah. that. You it's know, just ugly. This this whole year is freaking wild. So now, I just want to say we all three uh, had high expectations for Miami coming into this game against Clemson. Uh, we all three picked them to win. Coming off, we stated very clearly that this was one to come down to coaching. Yeah. And with Miami coming out of a bye week, having two weeks to prepare for Clemson, we expected uh, the offense to be moving that tempo, get Clemson on their back heel. We never really saw the tempo come in. Defensively, they were just outmatched in terms of play calling and scheme time and time again. Uh, They were just simply outcoached today and... Luke, before we let Darby go, I want to get your thoughts on the game. I was hoping for a much better performance by Miami's defensive line, but they still made plays. Like they still did good things, you know. But not. But like either I was expecting either their D line to fucking do some crazy shit and throw people off, or I was expecting more pressure from the defensive coordinator, which I already know the defensive coordinator is a conservative piece of shit, and a lot of people want him gone. Darby, go ahead, go off. Uh, well, so, I mean, I guess I'll go off your last pick. I know we, we were expecting the D-line to do a lot more, but, dude, Blake Baker, bro. I said it, you know, since I've been preaching it since week one, this play calling on the defensive side of the ball is way too conservative. We talked about one of our big points coming into the Clemson game was that Trevor Lawrence, under pressure, his stats are meh. They're Trash. not that good if you can get pressure on him. What did we do? We kept the linebackers back. We didn't. We rarely blitzed. You know, I'd rather lose playing my. I'd rather my defense get beat playing aggressive than my defense get beat while sitting back, and it was through the air most of the time. So to me, just for me, like, you know, I was really concerned about Travis Etienne, but Travis Etienne was honestly a non-factor outside of a seventy-two-yard run play that that game. He was again. It was more of a factor out of the backfield reception or as a receiver. Well, Trevor Lawrence really lit us up, and I'm not even going to get into that motherfucker with his little dancing after that bullshit targeting call. I don't want to get into it. But, you know, it's just, I thought, to, and, but my biggest thing that I didn't think would be a thing was our offense looked completely different. Yeah. Yeah. It to, looked scared. Completely well, different. And, and this is my big gripe, right? And I know this is probably going to be echoed by a lot of the Miami fans out there, is what has gotten Miami to the point where they've had success thus far this year? It's been on the back of Cameron Harris, first and foremost, getting the running game established and then going to the air. After Clemson scored that first touchdown and you went down 7 nothing, well, You ran three straight pass plays. Yeah. Three there was out. no attempt to uh, run the ball. And then from there out, it seemed like Rhett Lashley was just trying to play catch-up when you're only down one or two scores. There was no attempt to establish a run game. Cam Harris didn't even start the game, which was surprising. And it, just the, the play calling made absolutely no sense to me. Um was I, I was. I'm uh, honestly well, just kind of. Cam, Cam did start. Cam was out there the first that very first drive. We just didn't use him. The second drive is what you're thinking of, where we we brought where out Don, we brought, and we, we, no, we we brought out Don Cheney, and then yeah. yeah, we in the in the two set package we brought in. Um, it just doesn't make no Knighton. sense. But I just you know, I don't understand. I don't understand the constant deep ball that we were trying to pull. <laughs> yeah. I I don't understand it. You know the yeah, one like, the, my biggest gripe on King this entire season has been his deep ball accuracy and for us to come out there and then constantly try this deep ball after deep ball after on deep ball on second down and ball. get yourself behind yeah, the chains when you don't do anything on first and penalties penalties yep dude yeah a lot of stupid ones and terrible man and, and that Amari drive. Amari 
Amari, Captain Targeting, dude. How many, how many, ta how many targeting calls do you have? I can think of at least five targeting off the top of my head that this dude's got that I've watched throughout his career. Uh, how many times do we have to? Well, I just don't get it. He was sliding. You, you, you Come were, on. You were talking about penalties, and I, I know I get on you about trying to stay optimistic when the game is early on, but you said it right at the first drive. You said, uh-oh, this is bad. This is how this is bad juju. This is how the game's going to go. When you – Clemson is a high-powered offense. When you get them off the field, you stop them, you force a turnover on downs or force them to punt – that is huge. Yeah. But to have that negated because your defensive end lined up in the neutral zone gives them a fresh first down. Then you damn near do it again, and now your defensive tackle lined up in the neutral zone on the same damn drive, and then they get the first score of the game, ends up being a touchdown on the very next play. That was huge. I mean, that was huge. Roche... Almost had a interception, ended up dropping it, but that but would, it would have been a fourth down. Yeah, it would have been a fourth down. Way. And that was such a huge swing that, like you, you think okay, there's a hell. Of, it's the first drive. There's a lot of ball game left, so you don't really think it's going to matter that much. But it it really did. That yeah. that really did set the tone for the entire well, game. And and I just want to give a shout out to uh, some players real quick. Uh, Mark Pope, Mike Harley. Uh, Jeremiah Payton, fuck you guys because you guys were non-existent for the fucking third week, fourth week in a row. I don't, I I've never seen a Miami team even under a shitty fucking offensive coordinator not have wide receivers. I mean, you guys are non-existent. You guys aren't a threat. Brevin Jordan's our only target, which I don't understand why we didn't even target him as much as we could have. And he ended up going down to injury, and even still, we could turn to Will Mallory, who's another you know top three round pick in the in the draft if he wanted to leave. So for me to sit here and see our wide receivers be absolutely non-existent, I just I can go I can I can pick so many freaking things for this game. It's unbelievable. I think we do need to highlight some of the good with that happened today. I know it wasn't much, but there was one glaring bright spot for Miami today, and we've been on him all year. Bubba Bolden, that boy, he that he is a dude. He is a yeah. ball player, and it, you know, gashed his nose open, blocked yeah. two what two field goals, two, and actually, uh, as a team, we blocked a third again. Yeah, uh, right. and we actually tied an FBS record for and blocking three field goals. I mean, a game. he was he was flying all over the field. Yeah. I went, he had, he missed a couple of tackles that he he should have made, but for the most part, he did make his tackles. He played a really solid ball game, and he was, in my opinion, the lone bright spot for Miami. And DJ Ivy. DJ Ivy, yeah, he, uh, he had a couple pass breakups. Yeah. Um, he didn't really get target heavy. Surprisingly, he looked better than Blades Well, today. and that's, that's what I was going to say. Surprisingly enough, Blades did not play that well, and that's surprising to me because he's always he's been shut down since going into last year. And, um, you know, Ivy, he broke up a couple plays. He returned that kick field goal for a touchdown, um, <laughs> which blew us up but and, I, and gave me false hope. Um, I just... This you know our offensive line looked terrible. Uh, I actually I want to give I know he on his deep balls you know he threw two interceptions and on his deep balls he didn't look good too good but Derek King did fight and I really did like that he was really trying he really tried to throw that team on his back and you know he rushed he ran for eighty four yards and a touchdown late in the game. Um, I just felt like the O line really didn't help him out at all. Yeah. Uh, I think the O line really hurt us more than anything. I just didn't really agree with our play call. 
I uh, thought that we could run some like RPOs, you know, some slants, get the ball out faster than we did. And instead, we we're trying to do these deep balls, which I think forced King to end up throwing interceptions that he normally wouldn't throw. Um, plus, you know, playing in a pouring rain was one of his picks. Um, I just, I'm just shocked. You know, I, I, you, this didn't feel like that because typically, you know, when Miami disappoints me, I'm not surprised because I know what we are. This year, I thought I knew what we were in, in terms of a completely different team. We played different all year, regardless of, you know, I know Louisville got blown out by Georgia Tech. Yeah. And Florida State got blown out today by Notre Dame. But regardless, our team felt completely different coming into this game. And then also having a bye week to prepare. Uh, Manny Diaz continues this trend of losing after bye weeks. And not only losing, but look completely embarrassing. Um, looking completely unprepared. Penalties. This is a, a common theme that he's had uh, coming off bye weeks. Um, I'm not going to do a you're on notice segment this week because it'd be too biased because I put Miami on notice. Um, but I need a minute to calm, I need a little bit to calm down. Before we stop talking about this game, I want to talk about Clemson a little bit. Uh, and Luke, there's something I really want to get your thoughts on. To me, I think the best overall position unit from this game was by far and away Clemson's offensive line. Yeah, and I was, I was actually, I was actually thinking about what I wanted to say when you were talking about like optimistic things to say, but I know that there's going to be some bias. I'm not trying to piss you off. Yeah. No, but like, you're not going to things that, pissed off, but you're yeah, <laughs> Things that I saw from Clemson's side of the football on offense was fucking pretty, it was, it was nice to see when the ways that they find the ideas and the plays that they came up with in order to run the football in 100% scheme fashion against the way that Miami ran their yep. defense. It was like way too, Predictable, like, but at the same, not not from the calling standpoint, but that you could tell that they knew one hundred percent what Miami was going to do on defense. Oh yeah, because these plays were designed exactly for how they were lined up and what they were going to do. And so, I mean, you're seeing different. Like, I saw probably three or four different variations of power. You know, you know, with with just the guard skip pull through up to the next a gap to next b gap to full on pull everyone crash like to an insert from somebody else with the guard still kicking out. I saw th- I think like probably four or five different variations of power. Their screen game? Like, their screen game too. Like they had some different screens I'd never seen before where it's just a simple offensive tackle like really crashing down and sprinting out Reverse and trying to go for the alley player like that means you have a lot of confidence in the abilities of your offensive tackle going up against like top talent at the fucking at the fucking alley defensive player that's usually like your most agile fucking football player and they're sending their offensive tackle to go out and hand them one-on-one in space so they they were coached well clearly but I like the different play calls that they were able to put together in order to try and scheme and as Darby already said if, if Miami had came out with just a more fucking intense and like more attack style defense they could have been a part of this fucking ball game but as Darby mentioned, the defensive coordinator was so conservative that fucking Clemson's offensive line knew exactly how they were going to line up, what they were going to do, and you, and if they if there was even just a slight mix-up when Miami would bring up pressure, you saw Trevor easily step up and just say a few things, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's that part. Like, we, yeah, we remember well, this part. Like, they understood what was going on. There was nothing different about what was going on. Not just so, – uh, I wasn't just impressed with the scheme and the that aspect of the play for Clemson's offensive line. Just we all know how talented Miami's defensive line is. I mean, you have Roche, Phillips, yeah. and Silvera as your big three in there, and I think I only saw one sack. They looked non. They looked. They, they were. They were non-existent, and that's because Clemson's offensive line 
were phenomenal. I we knew that the left side of their line, their left guard and their left tackle were really experienced and good uh, linemen, but the the center, right guard, and right tackle, they all just well, they dominated the line of scrimmage, and especially in the pass game, they they gave Trevor a clean pocket, and when now, the pocket did start to collapse, they made sure that there was a an alleyway that he could use to escape well, and get out. And it and it doesn't help. I'm sorry. No, it, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, it 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 doesn't help. Then you know when your defensive line isn't getting enough pressure, and then you've got your linebackers giving terrible pursuit and missing. Yeah. You know just. They they just never took any good angles. Like every almost every single time I saw you know Etienne or a wide receiver on like a screen, whenever they got out there, our linebackers did had terrible angles. Yep. It seemed like we just looked completely out of position. I just uh, I'm just not. I'm just I'm like it looked like a completely different team. Now we from, like a completely different team. From what I saw from Clemson's offensive line and talking about you were about what you were mentioning, really there was like Silvera didn't do shit. Yeah. And we thought he was going to wreak some havoc. Yeah. Motherfucker didn't do shit. He can play, but clearly he's not Clemson caliber defense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't He didn't do anything. Now, it doesn't help when you're not bringing any pressure, though, on the, on top of him at all. Well, you're only, we were only rushing four. Your defensive ends did game. fine. They ran the hoop like champs. Like, they still put pressure. They made, ha- they made Trevor Warren... They made Trevor Lawrence know that he couldn't take fucking a full three steps back. Yeah. He had to pitter-patter those three steps... Because he knew that he was going to have to step up into the pocket. So that means that your defensive ends are doing a great job running the hoop and getting around the edge on your offensive tackles. They're making sure that he's not going to be able to step back and have a lot of vision to take off. They're making sure that he's stuck in a trap and he's going to have to choose. So in that situation, sorry, I'm standing up, but like I'm looking at this as your defensive ends did... I think your defensive ends didn't do shitty. There were just times where they lacked the containment, but you can't blame them because they're just antsy to try and fucking I'm make sure blame- they get after well, I'm yes. not blaming my defensive ends, and I'm, I know. I'm not saying, I'm saying they saying did shitty. Interior defensive I'm saying that we didn't, didn't bring any, shit. Well, I'm saying like we didn't bring any added pressure at oh, all. Oh, yeah, that yeah. too. And so I feel like, you know, Silvera's probably dealing with a bunch of double team. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and I feel like it's hard to get your your interior to bring, you know, to get yeah. enough pressure when you're not bringing anything else. You've got yeah. your defensive ends who, yeah, they're, you know, which honestly, I felt like for the most most of the night, Trevor Lawrence looked pretty fucking comfortable back there, yeah. and he really didn't get that much pressure. Me yeah. and him said it almost all night. That's like, dude, where's the pressure? Because we weren't bringing anything else. Yeah, it was we were rushing four almost the entire yeah. night, four, and, and, and that's not a Miami defense, dude. We rush usually five or six like minimum. Yeah, and Lawrence is a guy that you can't allow to sit back there. Obviously, he's an NFL caliber talent, and no, he's shown it that he is yeah. not good under pressure. And you, yeah, it's you, not a you, fucking. You can't allow him to sit back and have all day. Now, this is something that we also have to keep in mind. Clemson offensively has that many weapons. That yes, it's tough. Yes, like because you can get all that pressure in the world on him, but who the fuck's going to QB spy him? Because that dude can take off. He and, can break a defensive yep. lineman's tackle. And he's and shown the that. times they uh, Miami did get pressure. We saw that, and that goes back to the they were they were spying, and he but just outran. Yeah, but he uh, didn't McLeod do it that much, Brooks. though. He yeah. didn't really. That's, be- that's because Miami didn't get pressure. That no, much. but I really, I yeah. like, but like I said, I would rather us lose get, showing pressure than ra- than lose being conservative yes. and playing yes. this. They have so many weapons; we need to respect it, but then get beat the entire time. I'd rather us blitz some linebackers, blitz the safety, Take a shot. get in there and get in his ass and yeah. make him show it because we did a pretty good job of wrapping him up and tackling him. When he did try to break free, you know, one of Jalen Phillips' sacks happened when he tried to roll out and try yep. to get away, and Jalen Phillips got a sack on him. I yep. think the only sack I can remember the entire game. 
Mm-hmm. And I just feel like if we would have brought more pressure and make him make him have to do it, I'd rather lose that way. And I feel like we would have had a way better showing and our defense would have been way more aggressive because I understand he has weapons, but to get the ball to those weapons, you have you know you have to have time to get the ball to those weapons. Yeah, I agree. Rather than you're not having enough time because you're fucking rolling, you're having to yeah. move. Yeah. I'd rather it be that way, and that's how it should have been. That's how we've always played up until this season. We've been, I've been saying it and saying it and saying yeah. that this defense you, you is too like conservative. It. I do not like it at all. And I used to not be on the get rid of Blake Baker train, but dude, it's diff. It's I'm not liking it. I'm not liking the vibe I get from our defense at all. Yeah. So looks scared. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get out of that. I mean, we pretty much covered that. Just some that, optimistic notes. That game. So. Let's uh, go into some players that really impressed us. Game balls. Let's get into the game balls here. Uh, Luke, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I know where you're going with this one. Yeah. Who you got, man? Man, I got oh, – hold on. Let me make sure I pulled it up. I don't want to make sure I get his fucking name wrong. J.J. Pegas, fucking 89, tight end, freshman for Auburn. Dude, this guy looks like a hostess half. He's like six foot. Every bit of like two ninety. He's three hundred. Three hundred. They have him listed at uh, like, six two three hundred. Dude, this dude's a fucking six foot nose tackle that can fucking move. And this dude fucking hurdled a guy. No, he he spun, broke out of the yeah. Tackle to spin he, he spun him, hurdled like, yeah. the dude. Like this dude was booking, and like they loved it. Like they kept, they gave him the ball several times. They ran like, wildcat with yeah, this man. Yeah. Like. Whoever that's this guy's play it happened on imagine, was a Can you imagine oh. being a freshman going into a fucking college football game as a starter and you're just some big chunky dude, six foot? They're like, you're getting the football, son. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> let's go. Like, no, fuck what? No. I want you to imagine. That's, that's every big man's dream come true. I want you to imagine being like that maybe 200 pound safety that they're like, hey, you get the tight end in this play. And you go out there and the tight end is fucking six two, three hundred 300 pounds. And you're like, and he gets the ball and you go, Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> I gotta tackle this guy. And, and he damn well knows running at you. He's like, this motherfucker's going for my ankles. And you, and you, and you, yeah, like, and you just watched him hurl a guy last week. You're like, uh. <laughs> Not only that, how embarrassed can you feel if you're the guy who just got hopped? You're like, yo, I just got hurtled by a six foot, three hundred pounder fucking D lineman, basically. Yeah, cut him like that dude. Yeah, like he, he just got up and he was like, fuck, I'm about to get replaced right now. Like. That was incredible. That's it my was. game ball, dude. You gave you gave inspiration to a lot of fucking young football players out there. Yes. And you brought a lot of excitement to fans. Toodles to you. That's mine. Okay. Well, do you want me to go or you want to go? Uh, you can go since you got it all pulled up right there. All right. So, mine is going to the North Carolina backfield. Both of them, Michael Carter and Javante Williams. Both of these dudes are ballers. Um, just. I already said I think they're the best uh, running back tandem in the nation right now. Michael Carter had 17 carries, 214 yards, two touchdowns, averaged 12.6 yards per carry. Javante Williams, 20 carries, 169 yards, two tutties, and averaged 8.5 yards per carry. Those numbers are just flat-out incredible. Like I, I mentioned earlier, they are just extremely fun to watch. They run hard, they have great vision, they're patient runners, they use their blocks well. When they get contact, their legs never stop uh, moving. They run through contact. They have all the moves that you need. They have the jump cuts, the spin. I mean, they can tiptoe the sideline. They are just, oh, I love watching these guys play. And I just, yeah, I love these guys. Jesus, why don't you marry him? 
Uh, they, they're just fun to watch. And I'm a defensive guy, right? I love watching good defense, but that is just, ugh. Uh, so mine actually goes up to someone. He, I mean, he didn't really have that crazy of a performance even uh, in the end box, like the final box score. Um, but it's just because I called him out. <laughs> uh, but I'm giving my, my game ball to Spencer Rattler. Um, you know, he got benched in the first half. Uh, I know some people said he was hurt. Uh, even though nowhere can you find any record of uh, him ever getting hurt. He just got benched. Uh, he was not playing good at all at the beginning of that Red River rivalry. Um, but his ability to come out, and um, regardless of his overall performance, I know he threw three touchdowns and one pick, but uh, I know he, he barely threw four for 200 yards. So he, his numbers weren't insane. Um, but he did make some like really good throws after he came back in. Yeah. And uh, just his, his, his ability to come in and fight um, – Really impressed me. Like I said, I'm not 100% sold on that performance, especially coming going against Texas and what we've said about Texas. But uh, just his ability to come back from uh, getting benched and come out the second half and really uh, lead his team to a win and make some tight, some, like real tight rip throws, you know. So he gets my game ball. All right, for sure. All right. I I think that's that's fair, especially after. Uh, kind of going after him on the Twitter sphere there. That, was, well, I didn't, so, and to, to, that be, just blew up. Like, to that to was, be fair, I didn't really get. Look, people took that like what I said was like going at him. Literally, my my thing was literally saying that Spencer Rattler came in as a top five Heisman uh, pick into the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that he was benched for Tanner Mordecai in the first half of the game. Yeah, you find the lie. Was- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, and then people wanted to get mad at me and say that he. Uh, one guy wanted to say that uh, you know he got hurt. Never heard of that before. And nowhere where you find it. I don't know what that you know. That was just funny how quickly that blew up, and we we're just sitting there like it blew up. Uh, in terms yeah. of a guy that has six followers on Twitter gets you know a hundred some likes and twenty some retweets you know That's fucking hysterical uh, just I was just reporting news guys you know <laughs> people wanted people wanted to get mad at me and then you know act like I had to walk it back I'm like I'm gonna I don't know when I'm walking back he got benched yeah <laughs> I'm fine to lie it was <laughs> uh, you know and you know but Ra- uh, Spencer from what I've heard from uh, people on my Twitter is uh, if the NFL doesn't work out apparently you got somebody that gets you a job. <laughs> Yeah, that was fucking. <laughs> We're like, what? This guy just said he was gonna give him a job. No, oh, I said it. Oh yeah, right. but that guy's sitting there talking about him having a job. In the no, NFL. I guess I guess rel- you know when I'm talking relative, about the guy like, getting benched, he's like, oh, he's got a relative that works where I work. Yeah, like, well, okay, cool. Maybe you can help him get a job when he doesn't go to the NFL. But you know, I mean, it's cool. Oh, oh fuck. But you know, uh, it was a, it wasn't a uh, crazy weekend like last weekend. I think last weekend was. Just such a great weekend for football. It really was. Um, and I, I was think just, this weekend was just a bunch of shitty defense. That's yeah, it was. I mean, even overall. I just didn't game. see any legit defense. All these crazy-ass games with fucking high scores. All I'm going to say like, is Ohio State's at home licking their fucking chops right now. Okay, because I'm telling you, <clears throat> if Ohio State, which they should, runs the table in the Big Ten, I, I mean, I'm ready to give them the natty because, dude, none of these – Alabama – I mean, if, if Ole Miss can put up 40-some points on Alabama, uh, Clemson, I mean, yeah, they had a stronger showing, but I just feel like it was more us freaking just – I thought it was more us losing that game than anything. Um, I just feel like Ohio State, man, that's the team to beat this year. Yeah, And they we, haven't even played a snap yet. They haven't even played a snap. And the thing is, like, all these other teams that everyone was also sitting there saying was, like, the team to fucking watch out for – they're still fucking not solid as we've seen. So like, I'm thinking that this whole fucking Big Ten once they step in, 
it's going to make the season all that much more crazy because we're going to be sitting there thinking, you know, Big Ten's going to come in balling. And I'm thinking these teams have got fucking five games under their belt. They're ready to fucking smack somebody. They've been doing it for five weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, like, that's being being honest, but then Big Ten's going to have to go at each other, and then that's going to be nuts because, like, it's going to be... It's going to be fun, It's going to be fucking nuts. Oh, I can't Ohio State's got a nice, easy schedule for them, too, yeah. though. I mean, it's not to, like, bash them or anything, but yeah. their schedule really, out, out of all the Big Ten teams, doesn't seem that just bad. solid, enough. like, stepping... Um, Stepping ladder. Week two. Week so, two is the big game. So if Ohio State takes care of business, I mean, I see them. I mean, people are like, I don't see the Big Ten getting into the playoffs. Well, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. What's the Big 12 going to get in? Because are we going to put Kansas State yeah. in there, maybe? I mean, look at it. Uh, big 12 <laughs> is killing itself. SEC is eating itself. SEC is eating itself alive. ACC's holding a little ACC bit. ACC is, I mean, you have Clemson, who obviously just put up their big performance. They still have to play North Carolina and Notre Dame. I think they play Carolina, don't they? I don't think they play Carolina. I think that was the big note was Carolina. Yeah, God bless you. I mean, they still have to play us, though. But there's there's still some big games there left for the Tigers. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out, man. It's just a weird year. It, it really is. Everything about this, this season is just hey. weird. Undefeated. 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 Yeah. I'm Pulse up. It just beat UCF. That'll be interesting. This upcoming week. Yeah. But so, fuck. How'd they beat UCF? I don't know. I didn't watch because I didn't think that was going to happen. Oh, shit. Uh, they just kept up with them. Apparently. You know, UCF doesn't have a defense, so. Yeah, but they have a hell of an offense. Yeah, they do, but, I mean, fuck, when you can't hold anybody on defense, then yeah, I know. that's the point. Look at the Big 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so true. Shitty defense. I just, uh, anyway. I, I, wa- I want to know. Before, I mean, this is going to be a shorter episode because honestly, there's not a lot to go into in terms of uh, game recaps. There wasn't a lot that really impressed us or caught our attention. We, I mean, we watched all the games. It was a shitty defense. Yeah. Um, standings wise, I mean, Florida's going to drop, obviously. I mean, Miami's going to drop out of the top 10. Other than that, like, there's not really much to talk about in terms of standings. Alabama performed, Clemson performed, Georgia performed, Notre Dame performed, OSU hasn't played, North Carolina won against a ranked opponent. Like, there's really not much to talk about in terms of standings. I mean... TCU's <laughs> uniforms are fucking ugly. Yeah, those yeah. are ugly. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Where the, the fuck where, where's the red at? I don't no, understand look, where the red came from. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to know. Like, is this is this for a cause? Because if it's for a cause, then like, fuck, like that's like, yeah. They're walking back. They were so ugly, but I mean, but y'all looked ugly as fuck. <laughs> like that was ew, like who came up with that color coordination? Purple, black, and red. That's oh, I know something that we I I want to touch on. Okay, I'm those that don't know. I'm a specialist. All right, I'm a special teams guy. Went to college as a long snapper. My brother was a long snapper, Division One. We like special teams in this house. Two big things that I saw. The first one will happen for, uh, for North Carolina State. If you get a, a, a sky kick on a kickoff, and it's you know a pooch, and you are the up back, and you call for the fair catch. <laughs> You better damn well field that ball. You cannot call for the fair catch and go, oh, I misjudged that. Hey, you take it. And then let that shit roll. You can't do it. That was some bullshit. And then, of course, we got to talk about Pitt. All right? 
<laughs> Pitt Boston College game. That was a that was a close game, and we all here we we like the Boston College team. We think they're uh, they're a pretty tough ball club, but Pitt's kicker hits a fifty eight yarder to force overtime. Oh my god! Oh yeah. In overtime, misses the extra yeah. point to lose the game. From how far away? It's an extra point. Yeah. <laughs> How? How? I mean, nerves, but you just freaking had ice in your veins for a 58-yarder to force overtime. The the inconsistency there, and from what I saw, the snap was good, the hold was good, he just pushed it. Um, Special teams this year, not looking too hot. The brand's not doing too too good, so uh, we need to clean some shit up. Special teams coordinators... Get your guys knowing the rules, knowing the shit that they need to know, knowing their job, because there's a lot of miscues even just on the rule set um, that I'm seeing in terms of special teams, and then also for quarterbacks fucking fumbling the snap and then spiking the ball. Like, once you fumble the snap, you can't spike the ball. Fucking stop it. Learn the rules, please. Head coaches, put some more time into special teams. It wins and loses ball games. Plays forty percent of the um, field positioning. Fucking fix it. Um, now, are we wanting to do uh, look ahead to next week, or are we want to maybe hold off and see if we can get together again this week? I'm not even trying to look in the next okay. week. I, I just I um, want to see. What, to I just want to see what games we got. We can we'll put out a, a different episode where we talk in uh, talk about the games that we're going to be. Just name them off real fast. But. In terms of some big games, um, I'm not, looking too not looking too good. You got Pitt versus Miami. Cincy, Tulsa. Uh, Cincy, Tulsa. Auburn, South Carolina. Kentucky, Tennessee. Louisville, Notre Dame. LSU, Florida. A&M. Uh, uh, Georgia, Alabama. Uh, that looks yeah, like the only that, game. Oh, Boston College, Virginia Tech yeah. should be a good one. So it looks like there's only two good games, really, that are we're, have – any kind of interest in? Is that Mississippi uh, State Texas A&M? Honestly, yeah. Uh, I well, Mississippi State just got their shit rocked by Kentucky, um, oh, who is a good ball team, but still, um, this Georgia Alabama game is probably the game. It's definitely got to be game day. That's the game of the week. Um, obviously, top five matchup. Going to be interesting to see how we, you guys, pick on that because I already. I already know where I'm I already know it. where I'm leaning on it. So, yeah. um, but if that if you think that's gonna you want to end it there? Well, yeah. let's let's go in and finish it on what's got you dialed up. Oh yeah. Um. I, Fuck. I you you tried to do it last week. You better damn well get it out of your system now. What? Dude? We were just talking about it. What was I talking about? Oh, Cincy and Tulsa. Yeah, I'm doubt of about that. I have no idea. I, I don't. I don't know shit about Tulsa. I've never thought about Tulsa. I've never really taken the time to think that Tulsa would be a threat. I don't know if they really are, but they beat UCF, so like obviously there's something I gotta look into. I haven't looked into it. I think we'll be okay. Well, well really all right then. Happen, but what's got you dialed up then? If you ain't dialed up about that, I don't know, dude. Like, <laughs> fucking, I can't wait to see what I'm having for dinner tomorrow. <laughs> Spoken like a no lineman. Gosh damn. Alright. Oh, Darby, what you got to dial? I mean, I'm pretty dialed down right now. I'm not gonna lie after tonight. Um I don't fucking know, bro. I, I think, you know, 
I'm kind of just dialed up to, uh... Punch somebody in the fucking face. Bro, I don't even know. I'm, I'm ready for my paycheck to go through. Give me some money. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. You know, this... Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. This shit took a lot of the wind out of my sails, and, uh... I don't know, man. I'm just dialed up for another week. You know, maybe if Miami can get me uh, a nice little bounce back, I'll be a little more dialed up for something. Yeah. Uh, Logan's back there, I think. Logan! Hey. He's back there, so he made it home. We've been hanging out. Um, so, I guess, honestly, I'm probably more dialed up just to spend some more time with him and hang out with him. Um, but, you know, yeah, not man. not a lot to uh, get dialed up about this week. I don't have any big plans or anything, so... And uh, same with me, man. I'm I'm dialed up. I got uh, finished my first week of training at work. I got my buddy Logan back here, man. I'm excited. We had our we got our conies on Thursday. And which I told him you gotta bring you gotta make sure you guys bring me some conies at home when you get because I can't go because I work. But hey, man, you you gotta you gotta get me some conies. Hey, anybody in the Columbus area, Phillips is Coney Island. Best damn Coney's in the state of Ohio. That's not true. Fuck, yes it is. If you, I swear to God, if you say Skyline, I am going to smack you. Habanero, cheese, my boys know what's up. Mountain Dew, tall. Where's the trackers in the Where's the fucking trackers? They're getting thrown in the trash. In the Cholitos. Four-way with onion. Fuck these dudes. Don't forget about Wild Mike's. Phillips is Coney Island. Best damn Coney's in the state. Chill, love you. And so, you know... Make sure you guys keep hitting us up on the social media accounts. Yes. Uh, you know, so make sure you guys subscribe to our podcast, our YouTube. Uh, but make sure you hit us up on social media. Uh, you know, <laughs> I meant to drop a post that Spencer Rattler post meant to go on to our actual podcast. I slipped up, put it on my own personal one for the uh, for my part of the YouTube podcast. Um, but you know, we're gonna make sure we keep dropping some heat. So make sure you guys get out there, spread the word. Um, you know, get it to all your friends that like college football. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn. So, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, all yeah. of it. Oh, we're fucking everywhere, so, boys. We growing. Well, the website will be in the bio or in the description. So we love you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Bye.